It's 2009. Two stories in the news get turned into Tom Hanks vehicles as Sully Sullenberger crash lands in the Hudson River and the MV Maersk, captained by Richard Phillips, is hijacked in Somali waters. President Barack Obama is sworn in, making him the first black president in American history. Michael Jackson dies under dubious circumstances, and the World Health Organization declares swine flu a global pandemic sweeping the world. Can H1 Dan and one James spread their song premise across this world? This is Frankenstein's Jukebox. So Frankenstein's Jukebox, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And, oh boy, I think we've got a real good episode for you this month. Ooh, yeah. Let's just jump right into it. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. James, tell me about your 2009. (sighs) Okay, so this is before I started doing any podcasting uh, of my own. This was still when the Contrast Podcast was a going concern. Though by the end of the year, we would be in a place of like... Are we doing something, or what is going on here? Um, so is this, does that make this the first year that in our podcast so far that you've not been podcasting? Yes. Basically, this is a year when I was not in control of any podcasts in the mm. entire world. I was still contributing and recording for them, and this is the year when, at the end of every year, we would do a festive 50, because lots of people were British, and that was a that's a big, huge thing in Britain, or it was. This festive 50 didn't come out until, like, March or April, because the the guy that ran it, Tim, like, got married, and then, like, went on a honeymoon, and, like, basically, it's that thing where it's like, oh, my life has changed, and now podcasting has been dropped out, like, so many... I'm not sure. Video game, you know. Um, yeah. And so it was at the end of this year that I would be like, all right, I got, I can't just keep waiting around for other people. So I tweeted Kevin Smith to tell him that I would be stopping listening to his shows and was going to make my own stuff, which I knew he would be in support of. And I did. I also took my sister to her first warp tour in that summer, which ties Very into nice. my pick this week, this, this year. Oh. And 2009, no kids, no kids even anywhere cooking yeah it was a not, a simpler not even time. the thought uh i think i think the thought was there i think the the efforts were being made we were realizing what the particular pitfalls of the dungeon were looking like so molly was Fair. two our dog was only two years old so that's wild and maddie was still alive i think i don't know when maddie died but anyways different time for dogs different time for james daniel different time for daniel very different time for Daniel. So I was working at Macy's mm. at the time. That was that would have been rounding out because I would have started in two thousand eight at Macy's. Mm-hmm. No, two thousand seven. 
Jeebus Creebus. 2007. It would have been April of 2007 hmm. that I started at Macy's, and I, I worked there until mid-2010. At that point, I was our Nautica sales specialist. I was performing improv fairly regularly with the team that I was a part of called Nothing I'm Proud Of, which, hmm. looking back, is a very accurate name. <laughs> I was in my first like serious adult relationship at Ooh, the time okay. in, tw- in 2009, and I don't know. I can't remember really anything else that was going on. That was my 2009. So, I mean, we both had good 2009s, it seems. Yeah, sure. What I'd love to do now yes. is go to one of my favorite segments, and by that I mean the only segment really that we have that's not talking about our songs and coming up with a song premise, the only named segment that we have... Oh, yeah. Honorable Monsters. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. We've got some... We've got some entries for this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we Yeah, we put it out on Twitter and in the Scavengers Network Discord that we would love to hear from people what their favorite songs were in 2009. So some of the things that we got, Sonny Rutabaga, at former Canes fan on Twitter, said that they came home from abroad that year. When I arrived, Lady Gaga and 303 were all over the radio. Very accurate. For sure, for sure. They played that Warp Tour. I didn't know anything about Lady Gaga. I honestly still don't know anything about 303. They're from Colorado. Oh, I know one thing about 303. And 303 is the area code in the place where they're from. So now you know two things. And they're related. Perfect. You're building the bridge. Building the bridge. So that was uh, that was what we got. On, oh, we also got um, a James Anderson, yeah, yeah. Unabashed James, mm-hmm. said that uh, he took his sister to her first Warped tour. So also a little bit about 303. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It was one of those annoying things where they were like the one everyone was going to go see and there wasn't anything else. So we went and saw them and it was fine. But it was like, I would watch almost anyone else. Like, they were fine. Nothing, no no shade against 303. It's just I would have rather watched anything else is the only thing. Fair. So From the Discord, some of the thoughts that we got, Ty said that uh, One by Matt Kressling is the 2009 album he's listened to the most. It's on Bandcamp, but not on Spotify. Interesting, uh, interesting. Photosynthesis by Pr- Frank Turner. Okay, yeah. You Can't Force a Dance Party by Dent May, I which I'm not that. aware of, but sounds great. <laughs> and then, and I don't I don't know the actual name of this person. Their name on the Discord is just Boyfriend. Mm. So, hey there, boyfriend. Cage the Elephant's Cage the Elephant came out in 2009. Definitely a good with one. Ain't No Rest for the Wicked, obviously a... High point. Lungs by Florence and the Machine. For sure. Huge. Uh, dear DJ Earworms, United States of Pop 2009. I can't uh, look at Miley Cyrus's The Climb, which is not a song I knew, without thinking of DJ Earworms, The United <laughs> States of Pop 2009, where I thought that song and the other song that, that DJ Earworm mashed up with that, and I don't remember what it is, were meant to be together because they worked mind-numbingly perfect. I have, like... 10 
12 years of DJ Airworm United States of Pop stuff it, uh, is one of my favorite things, which will surprise zero people. <laughs> zero people. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song on the Cage the Elephant album that I... that that Oh, maybe it's the, the one on Thank You, Happy Birthday. I like In One Year. These are all the songs that were on the alternative uh, songs chart when I started my, my countdown, so... That is uh, my memory of, of Cage the Elephant. There's a song called... Oh, I don't know. There's a song that goes absolutely buck wild. It might be Sabretooth Tiger. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. The, all the, all those things you mentioned. I'm sorry. I cut you off at, at DJ Aaron. No, no, no. It's, it's totally fine. Also, 21st Century Breakdown by Green Day. Mm-hmm. Brand New Eyes by Paramore. Day and Night by Kid Cudi were all mentioned by Boyfriend mm-hmm. uh, or Bry as some favorites from 2009. For sure. Yes. Hit me with some of those honorable monsters. Uh, well, I did. I did really want uh, "21st Century Breakdown" to be "American Idiot" Part Two, and so did Green Day. Not sure they quite hit that <laughs> that mark. It was fine. Uh, there is a fun part if you're listening to "Twenty One Guns." There's a guitar solo in it that is the guitar solo from Full House, the theme song from Full House. No one has backed me up on this and I and I once said that on said it on Facebook and the only comment I got was my cousin saying Green Day did a guitar solo, which is fair. Yeah. But I mean <laughs> Alright, so some of my other honorable monsters were the Flight of the Con- See, I'm worried that some of these were things that came out in two thousand eight that I listened to in two thousand nine. Let me let me just do do some do some checking here. Uh while while I, while I while I do that, uh TikTok by Kesha came out, which meant which means that the Simpsons episode with TikTok from Kesha uh came out, which was a a moment in time for yep. for absolute certain. Yep, see that's what I'm saying. The Flight of the Concord self titled album was two thousand eight. The um Escape the Fate album was two thousand eight. Uh, I think though, Tinted Windows was two thousand nine. Let me just double check that because Tinted Windows are something that no one talks about outside of uh, you know, cars. Two thousand nine. Okay, that's gonna be my honorable monsters that I'm gonna focus on. The supergroup Tinted Windows: Taylor Hansen from Hansen, James Eha from Smashing Pumpkins, John Schlesinger, I believe, uh, Adam Schlesinger, sorry, and Adam Bunny Carlos on drums from Cheap Trick. It is an excellent power pop album and i would encourage basically anyone listening who likes music to go check out tinted windows tinted when windows. i first heard about tinted windows i read an article about the fact that they were forming and saw the lineup and was like holy shit this is a hell of a lineup and mistakenly was like the fuck is adam Schlesinger doing in this in this band right like the everyone else is so much no adam schlesinger is yeah i was like wait a minute i thought your opinions of adam schlesinger were high (laughs) very high (laughs) at this point they were not i love fountains of wayne but i just like i was just like fountains of wayne in this like super group what is this what is going on adam schlesinger was one of the most talented music writers and just general musicians that that I can think of, and I still get I still get really broken up about having lost him to COVID. Yeah, all of the work that he did in in so many different fields of music mm-hmm. 
is just incredible. Everything he did with That Thing You Do, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Fountains of Wayne, Tinted Windows. He has done so much, and his passing is a huge loss for to sure. the music industry. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, yeah. He's, I mean, you've heard Adam Schlesinger's work, listener. I, there's there's yeah, no way whether, you whether you know it or not. Yeah, exactly. You have. NoFX had a, an album called Coaster Out, which I really listened to a lot, and it was very good. And that is basically what I was listening to, I think, in 2009. And I could have picked anything off that Tinted Windows album. I'm pretty sure there were a couple of contenders on that. That NoFX album had some contenders uh the choice was obvious because of the path that it sent my life on, but there were some good, good some good 2009 songs and stuff from me. What about? Do you have some honorable monsters to mention, Daniel? I have I have several honorable <laughs> monsters. The entire album of the Hazards of Love by the Decemberists. I thought that might have come out that year. Yeah, it did. That's a very it came good out, one. Uh, in in March, it yeah. was. It's so good. It tells a great story, and there will be a future season of my other podcast, Concept, which will go Concept. through the story of Hazards of Love, uh, mm. because it is... Do you have a co-host for that? I don't have a co-host for that yet. Don't you? Here's the thing. I need to finish editing, and by finish, I mean basically start <laughs> editing the Monster Mash season that I recorded mm, over a year ago, but I don't have a co-host specifically chosen for that yet. Well... I did go see my first and only Decemberist concert when it came out after listening to it once. And I was like, hey, my friend Andy, let's go see the Decemberists. Are they playing in Richmond? They are. Okay, let's go. And he was like, I get what? Okay. And uh, <laughs> and they were excellent. And they remain excellent. Duly noted. So. Yes. There's a whole lot of fun in that. I mean, the the album itself is just like kind of the issue that a lot of people have with the Decemberists, especially like mid-range Decemberists of just like, well, here's this terrible thing happening to this woman. And here's more terrible things happening to this woman. And up, oh, someone's going to drown in a river because there's a surprising number of Decemberist songs about people drowning in rivers. But you say you still... want songs about the sea, but you can't handle songs about drowning. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly get get on it get on my undersea level i mean hazards of love honestly i don't think would make it into my top five decemberists albums Hmm. which is saying something because i love that album but i really love the decemberists and i don't care who knows it i love the decemberists are there people that are like, you like the Decemberists? They're super hipstery. Gross. Like, people give me shit for being a hipster. Wait, the Decemberists are super hipstery? Or people that think that you're bad for liking the Decemberists are super, super hipstery? Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, except only one very of them. Much except both. only one of them. <laughs> no, the Decemberists are very hipstery. I, that's, I, I will give them that. Nah. St. Vincent released the album Actor. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, and every track off that one's an absolute slam lily allen had an album out and fuck you was on that and that's just a great a great track to sing that is the song that is the album that my wife discovered she heard it on the radio she heard uh whatever the single was the fear i think was on the radio and -hmm. she's like this seems like the thing for me and she got it and we both were like actually yeah this is great so to the point where she submitted 
uh, voted for and introduced, I think, the fear on the Contrast Podcast Best of 50 that year. She is not a podcaster, but she was like, yeah, sure, I'll talk about it. So, yeah, Lily Allen rules. That is fantastic. Clem Snide released an album, mm-hmm. and uh, Encounter at 3 a.m. is probably my favorite song off that album. It's just very good. Fucking Spinal Tap had their Back from the Dead album that came out that year. <laughs> Didn't know about that one. That's awesome. Yeah, I wanted it to be more. A lot of it was just original versions of their original, but they also had Jazz Odyssey 1, 2, and 3 on the album. <laughs> Uh, they had uh, listened to the Flower People and Sex Farm and Saucy Jack all as like available from different areas. It was it was great. Lonely Island uh, released an album. I forget the name of it. I want to say it was like Interabad or something like that. Yeah, I think that was no. It was uh something bad was definitely there. Was it in Terabad? No. Incredibad. Incredibad. There it is. That's, yeah. Which had jizz in my pants and dick in a box, like classic. Classics, like yeah. Comedy tracks, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's, it was it was another good year for music. The Life of the World to Come by the Mountain Goats came out. The Life of the World to Come is an amazing album where each track is inspired by a different Bible verse, but it's not Christian music. It's Christian music in the same way that all of the Mountain Goats is Christian music. <laughs> exactly. And that John Darniel has a very complicated relationship with faith, and his Faith-up. life has inspired a whole lot of that and his music and is... Yeah. I... Yeah. Can I tell you a story about Life of the World to Come? Please do. We were in Boston, we being me, and my parents who lived there. We were at a record store now i'm wondering if it wasn't in boston i think it was maybe Kristen was there too actually Kristen was there i was married uh because it was 2009 we went to a record store we were looking around and i had heard the mountain goats on the contrast podcast because the one right before this was sunset tree right yes so you know sunset tree is sunset tree came out in 2006 uh this is 2009 tallahassee no, Tallahassee came out in 2002. Um, I think before this one was the... Mm, oh, what was it called? It's got the black album art with the white writing. Hold, please. I'm going to have to look this up. I'm... Uh- I'm going to see who can get there first. Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, Heretic Pride was the one that came out before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That was after John Mercer joined. Yeah. Yeah, Get Lonely. So I knew that Life of the World... I knew that Mountain Goats were worth checking out. So I picked up Life of the World to Come, and it was one of the albums that was like, guess I'll listen to this and again, and and again, and and, and again, and again. I put (laughs) the... Bible verse that was referenced in the notes section of my iTunes so that when I played it on my iPod, I could look at what the Bible verse was and and see what was going on there. 
made no headway on that. It's a very, very good album. I, it's my first and truest love uh, album by the Mountain Goats. One of the first songs that I learned to play when I was teaching myself keyboard mm-hmm. was Ezekiel 7 and the Permanent Efficacy of Grace, which I stand by being one of the best song names <laughs> ever. It did stymie me because... Um, it wasn't just a Bible verse, but that's that's a, that's a me thing, maybe not a him thing. Yeah, or maybe it's a him thing. H y m n. Well, we've been talking about honorable monsters and our 2009 for 30 minutes already. Perfect. So, do we want to go ahead and jump into talking about our picks? Well, hang on. Let's let's do a little. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, no, you were gonna say, hang on. Let's. Do I a was. Little... Uh, oh, you're doing a, a bit. Yeah, you're doing a bit. Where we, yeah, I love it, and I love you. But no. <laughs> hey, James. Hey. Hey. What's your 2009 pick? Okay, I gave the following hint. It was clear as day. It was short. It was concise. It was this. When you find yourself with a lemon, sometimes as good as it can get is to make lemonade and satiate the feeling that all of us are experiencing, which, of course, uh, would is obviously about uh, the POS, Lemon, P.O.S. piece of shit lemon uh, song drum roll. There's no clue in in the in the clue about that particular word. And then the subtitle of that album is or that of that song is "We're All Thirsty," which is satiating the feeling that all of us are experiencing with lemonade. And then uh, it's off the album "Never Better," which you could think of as as good as it can get. This is when I was preparing to go to Warp Tour with my sister. She would have been fifteen. And so she, I was like, you want to go to Warp Tour? And she was like, I guess. And I was like, great. That's the kind of enthusiasm I'm looking for. She's like, I don't know any bands there. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Because I had all the confidence in the world. So what I did was I got a list of... This is the most James thing. I got a list of all the bands that were playing. And I went on Last.fm, which has been important to me for uh, going on 26 years now. No, 16 years. Has to be. It's just 16. And I saw the most popular song of each band and made like, and like listened to it and like sort of was like, ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, that's a good one. POS was playing Warp Tour in 2009. And uh, this was the song that was the most popular song by POS on Last.fm at the time I was looking. And I was like, what is this? What? It- <laughs> What am I hearing now? So then we went to Warp Tour, and and my and there had been successful research done, and also my sister turned out to have some opinions of her own about bands that were there, which is just what exactly what you want. Yeah, we didn't watch POS, but we did go and buy Never Better and also uh, Ipecac Neat, I believe, which was his first album. I'm pretty sure it was Ander Other who is the sort of I don't know if he's really with them anymore. We don't need to even get into what's anymore with Doom, Doomtree. But at the time, yeah. they had sort of one guy that was like their merch guy and was always with them named Ander Other. People always thought I was him on Reddit because I'm Ander3JC. And they're like, are you him? I'm like, I'm in no way. I think he was the one that sold me that CD and then talked me up. He's like, do you want to buy another one? I'm like, all right, well, which one of these two should I buy? And he's like, well, do you like more raw stuff or more produced stuff? And I said, of course, more raw stuff because it was clearly an arbitrary choice. And so Ipecac Neat is the opposite of Never Better in that it is very raw and very, very good. But uh, yeah, so Drumroll, We're All Thirsty was my introduction to Doomtree at all. 
And oh, then, man. yeah, so then Doomtree, so POS shouts out Doomtree in this song several times. Several times. He was also assigned to Rhyme Sayers, which is who, he, who else he, he shouts out, which is disorienting when you're first hearing the song. And you're like, why does he keep saying these words? I don't understand what that means. For our listeners who might be new to the podcast, would you like to explain what those mean? Sure. Doomtree Records is the record label and also the name of the crew that he was he in 2009 that he was a part of. And he individually was also signed to Rhymesayers Entertainment, which I believe was distribution. They are also, they have Atmosphere is on there. Aesop Rock, I believe, is on there. Aesop Rock. So then POS did a Day Trotter session. Day Trotter being something else I heard from about from Contra's podcast. And then later in 2010, the rest of the Doomtree crew did a Day Trotter session. And that is where I first heard Dessa. And that sent my life off in a different direction. So... If it wasn't for Warp Tour 2009 and this song, drumroll, we're all thirsty, my 2010s would have been almost entirely different. So, uh, yeah. yeah. We we might not be such fast friends. Right? Exactly. So, I guess it just goes to show. Because we bonded very quickly over a mutual love of Dessa. Absolutely. And that was the only thing we have in common. Wait. Yep. Oh. Wait. No, that's not right. Oh, flip over the card. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, we're... Oh, there's so much... <laughs> The scroll. Uh, yeah. Dar well, Dar Williams and Dessa are like my two like fire a flare into the sky when someone like gives a recommendation or like whatever and just sort of like look mm-hmm. around and be like, do we have any takers? And uh often we do. Uh and yeah. So yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So hey Daniel. Yes. Do you have a song that you've brought? For us today? Why did I say that like a kindergarten I, teacher? I do. Of course I do. That's the concept of our podcast. Concept. I did bring a song for uh, for our song premise, for our episode, for our podcast, hey. for, you know, whatever. Love this. My clue was Independent Smiths. Oh, God, talk forever. <laughs> so the, the Smiths were a band in the 80s whose... Primary forces were Morrissey and Johnny Marr. And I want to say Andy Rourke was their bassist. That sounds right, but I could be very wrong on that name. Name a third uh, yep. member of the Smiths is a, is a challenge I would fail immediately. Andy Rourke was their bassist. Nice. First name bassist. I could not tell you the name of their drummer. Stuart Copeland, probably. Stuart Copeland. So in 2009, one of my coworkers at Macy's we found out that we were both a big fan of the Smiths because we had someone who came in to Macy's to shop who looked exactly like Morrissey. Like we were for a second actually convinced that it was Morrissey who was there. And then like we got a close up look. It's like, okay, no, he's not Morrissey. (laughs) And as he was checking out, my friend uh, Kristen was like, you look a lot like Morris. And he's like, I love that music. But like, and then just like stood outside the, uh, because this is Macy's that was attached to a mall. And so he just stood like outside the mall entrance to, to Macy's and was just on his phone for a good long time. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing a suit like he he looked the part. But the thing is, he didn't obnoxiously preach to us about everything in our lives. And mm. that's how we knew it wasn't Morrissey. Mm-hmm. 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 Turns out Morrissey, a bit of a dick. I would I mean, it's, you know. Your fave is problematic and all that stuff. Morrissey's pre- pretty problematic. But 
In 2009, he released the album Years of Refusal, which my coworker, upon finding out that I was a big uh, Smiths fan, burned for me so that I could listen to it. And it's, honestly, it's a very good album. Years, Years of Refusal has a, uh, like, the album art is mm. him holding a baby uh, with this, like, kind of disdain on his face, but he's also just looking very distinguished. Someone has given him a baby, and... It's a it's a real good picture of Morrissey. I ain't gonna front like. Listen, it's, it's the, a good picture. How much? Give me a percentage of those arms that is making this picture. <laughs> uh, those arms are making seventy percent of this picture. Mm-hmm. That chest yep. is making ten percent of that picture. That jawline mm-hmm. is making another ten percent. Yeah. And then the lighting finishes off the 10%. Mm. Yeah. With, that's, I think, a little bonus sprinkling for the hair, which is always something that I love about Morrissey. The hair is very good. Yeah. So there are a lot of really good, a lot of good songs on this album, but the, the final track is called I'm Okay By Myself. Oh, independent. Independent. So that's where Independent Smiths comes from. It's I'm Okay By Myself by Morrissey. And it's just a good, it's just a fun song. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun song, particularly drive around with your windows down on like a summer night and just sing this song at the top of your lungs. And oh, it's fun. I'll get into more specifics when we get to our uh, aspects. Well, on that note, hey, James. Hey. What aspects did you pick for your song? <laughs> the first aspect is hilariously predictable. We're looking for a drum roll. And then I will reveal what my aspects are. No. We're looking for a uh, drum roll that is, I, I wrote, drum roll persistent throughout the song, except at the beginning of each verse. And not sort of a steady roll, but sort of a cascading waves roll sort of deal. A rolling roll, if you will. A rolling roll. A drum roll persistent throughout the song, except for the beginning of each verse. Correct. Number two, gang vocals in the chorus and verses. Okay. I'm excited to finally have a song that one of us has picked, where one of the aspects we've picked is gang vocals, because... We have a lot of friends that I think would contribute gang vocals. That's that's all I'm saying. We do. Concept. Would you explain for us what gang vocals mean? Sure. It's uh, you get a group of people that uh, rough people up and sort of um, maybe like bootleg liquor, and uh, you record sort of conversations between. No, okay, gang Hold vocals. On. Yep. I don't think that's right. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's mobster vocals, right? That's my wiretap. That's called a wiretap. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, no, gang vocals are. You know the parts of songs that you know you're going to be asked to sing if you're at a concert yes. where the where the the musician is going to hold the microphone out to the crowd and on the studio track there's a bunch of people that are maybe shouting the words that you're going to shout in the concert those parts are gang vocals it's often the band and the groupies and the producers and everyone in a room recording up at a at a microphone to get as many voices uh, doing the same thing as possible. I can't think of a another example, weirdly, 
but pop punk has a lot of them. So pop punk, absolutely. Yeah. Any song in pop punk is going to have yeah. some good gang vocals. Basically, yeah, exactly. Uh, in this, there's a lot of whoa, which is a fun thing to, to do for gang vocals. Uh, and my third, acapella moments. So basically the parts where there's no drum roll, I would also like to have a couple of those also have nothing else but vocals. Okay, interesting. Acapella vocals. I love it. I'm so excited. Okay. All right. This is going to be very interesting. So to recap your aspects, we've got a drum roll persistent throughout the song, except for the beginning of each verse. Gang vocals for the chorus and verses, and acapella vocals. Yeah. Or moments of acapella. Yeah. Moments of acapella vocals. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, Daniel. I love this. Yes. James. Um, do you have any aspects that you'd like to uh, share with me about Morrissey's I'm better on my own? Leave me alone. I'm Morrissey. I don't <laughs> want any. I'm not going to have any sex. So leave me the hell alone. I'm good. What's the song? <laughs> so I, I do love that you've now twice asked me if I have prepared for this podcast. All right, Did you me... bring a song? Do you have aspects? Hey, Basically, Daniel. The questions that you... What yes, James. are your aspects that you have brought, you have fully prepared and brought I to this I actually episode? don't have any. Crap. Wait, I do. Okay, so. <laughs> you scamp. My first aspect, and this is the one that I thought might be similar to one of your aspects, mm-hmm. involves the drumming. Ooh. The drums are very strong in both of these songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a very good syncopated drumming part towards the end of uh, this one. Yep. And so I've just put syncopated drumming, just like a, a piece of syncopated drumming, which is kind of going against the rhythm. Okay. Like with the rhythm, but like changing from the rhythm that we've gotten so far. Perfect. In the last chorus, we get the line... This might make you throw up in your bed, but I'm okay by myself. I mean, yeah. Which for is sure. quite quite a quite a statement. But the the drumming with it is just it's it's a very it's good dramatic drumming, right? It's boom 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 ba 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 boom ba 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 and it's it's great. So that's the kind of syncopated drumming that I'm talking about there. I love that. Almost immediately after that, we get, shortly after the syncopated drumming, we get Morrissey basically screaming the word no over and over again. Yeah. So I do have mindless screaming as my second aspect. Hey! Maybe by a bunch of people. Maybe by a bunch of people! And then my third aspect, and I feel like this requires a little bit of context. So the context that I'm going to provide is just reading the lyrics to this song. Great. Could this be an arm around my waist? Well, surely the hand contains a knife. It's been so all of my life. Why change now? It hasn't. Now, this might surprise you, but I find I'm okay by myself, and I don't need you or your morality to save me. No, 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 no. Then came an arm around my shoulder. Well, surely the hand holds a revolver. It's been so all of my life. Why change now? It hasn't. Now, this might disturb you, but I find I'm okay by myself, and I don't need you or your benevolence to make sense. 
No, 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 no. After all these years, I find I'm okay by myself, and I don't need you or your homespun philosophy. No, 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 no. This might make you throw up in your bed. I'm okay by myself, and I don't need you, and I never have, I never have. No, 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 no. So my aspect for this one, my third aspect is the lyrics written as if they were written by a dramatic teenager. Done. Because seriously, this sounds like something I wrote when I was in my I'm going to write music phase in and shortly after high school. I have always felt like Morrissey writes away message lyrics, and I love him for it. But like, you know, uh, sweetness, I was only joking when I said by rights you ought to be punched in the head or whatever. Like, he's done it since the Smiths. Like, it's amazing. He doesn't have a sense of... Poetry, I guess. He's just sort I, of... I completely agree. In a, way, in a way that I absolutely love, but I'm glad that there's really only like one or two people that really do it as well as he, he does, in him being one of them. Yeah. He does it exactly yeah. as well as he does. Um, but yeah. Morrissey uh, is, is about as good a lyricist as I am, and that is not <laughs> a compliment. <laughs> I will say though, please, please, please let me get what I want. It puts it all right there on the page. Like, please, please, please let me get what I want is is an amazing Smith song, so beautiful. Also, let me check on something real quick because I think that was written by Johnny Marr. No, Morrissey was the lyricist for that. I sit corrected. Good, 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 good. Because that's that's some good leaving it out all all there on the page. And also, there's some good rhymes, which you know gonna suck me right in like a, some sort of black hole yes um dramatic teenager lyrics we can absolutely do let me just uh pry off my restraining bolt because yipes maybe i'll pull the yeah. journals out early <laughs> i'm i'm i mean i'm more than happy to do the lyric writing of this one because that's the lyrical capacity that i have i am i am no lyricist by any means, uh, which is part of what makes our partnership work so well. Absolutely. Uh, you are the Bernie Taupin to my an eighth as talented as Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is selling yourself short and mm. me tall. Well, compared to you, I am short and you are well. tall. All right. Well, that's that's empirical evidence. So I guess I have nothing. <laughs> As a scientist, I can no longer deny. <laughs> I love this. We have, I mean, br- doing our usual breaking out into music and lyrics. We have four musical aspects. I can't believe I forgot the word aspects. Mm. We have four musical aspects and we have two lyrical aspects. Our four musical aspects are syncopated drumming, a persistent drum roll, gang vocals and moments of acapella vocals right and our lyrics are written by a dramatic teenager and mindless screaming you know dramatic teenager shit yes exactly just looking at these aspects i can see three main genres that jump out to me but i would love to hear your thoughts i mean so here's the deal yeah we could so easily shift into just writing alkaline trio songs that i think that we (laughs) i think i think we should try 
for now, just for the time being, not to do that, unless there's no other better idea. So, other than that, I don't have anything that springs readily to mind, but I'd love to uh, hear what you have to say and see if it if it spurs anything. Well, I mean, the very first thing that came to mind was pop punk, yeah. because lyrics written by a dramatic teenager, <laughs> uh, syncopated drumming, persistent drum roll, gang vocals, like that just plays all right into all of that. Like you said, alkaline trio <laughs> and the like. Hey, listener, if you want to hear some lyrics that sound like they're written by a dramatic teenager, the Alkaline Trio album, God Damn It, is chock-a-block full. Just it, chock-a-block. It's just a it's just a real, real journal entry. Take that block and chock it. Yeah, yeah. Chock it right up in the air. And you will find nothing nothing but Alkaline Trio lyrics. Do you want to hear a song that is anti-police in the whiniest way possible? Alkaline <laughs> Trio. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm a little sad that uh, Scavengers Network pod boss Colin Parker is not a part of this conversation <laughs> right now. And also my friend Philip, uh, mm. who introduced me to Alkaline Trio when I was 20 and like already kind of over their whole thing, but still, mm. I still love the music. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I love Alkaline Trio. Sure. But like... Really, though? For some of their songs. Radio is such a good song that I can't talk to anyone about or ever post any lyrics from ever, ever, ever. (laughs) (laughs) I will quietly jam out to it in my car by myself. A hundred (laughs) percent. But similarly, pop punk has a very, I would say, closely related genre here. Okay, are we talking ska core? We are, of course, talking ska. Of course we are. Now, I want to be very clear that this would be ska core. Fair. Would you please explain the differences between ska and ska core? I'm so happy that you asked. Let me pull out my PowerPoint. Uh, Listeners, James took the baseball cap on his head and turned it around, pointing (laughs) backwards. Then also pulled out a skateboard, <laughs> did an ollie, and then also... So, hold on, I haven't done the last thing. Let me sit backwards on this chair. Ugh, sat hello, backwards kids. on the chair and referenced South Park. It was incredible. <laughs> All right, so ska is the much maligned genre that came from the islands, uh, Jamaica primarily. Uh, in the first wave with bands like the Scottalites, uh, second wave was in England where working class white kids and Jamaican immigrants teamed up to fight Margaret Thatcher, basically. Basically. and uh, Very that, influenced by reggae. Yeah. While so, being a lot faster. And, and I think I think the, the story is that ska happened first and then reggae got bigger and then ska was like, but we're here too, hello. Um, <laughs> so yeah, then you get your, your black and white checkers in England and that's the second wave. Uh, because of black and white people working together. And then you have third wave, which is your real big fish, your your reels big fish, and your... Boss tones, mighty, mighty. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Your, your stuff, uh, no doubt, uh, we can think of some more, probably. Your pie tasters, if you want to get tasters. good your deep cut, Scott. Eastern Standard Time, you could get into some... Uh, 
Yeah. Your toasters and your... Uh, 14, 15, 16-year-old Dan fucking loved ska. 33, almost 34-year-old Dan fucking loved Thank ska. <laughs> we asked uh, for this Time on Scavengers uh, media tour that we're putting together lazily we asked the podcast in defense of ska which i started following and who has had such people on as like patrick stump and famous people like lots and lots of other famous people i was like hey we like ska do you want to have us on we're no one and they're like yeah we'll put you on the list and i was like that's gracious um yeah i will come to the rushing defense of ska at any time uh, because it is not a novelty, it is a long and storied past of great people making great music about anti-racist beliefs and philosophies because, uh, and also, you know, shut up, um, yeah. is my other argument. Um, so, ska core is the, is the addition of, of the hardcore sort of uh, skate punk music to that uh Less Than Jake is probably the best example of ska core. And truly, the old, I mean, like Suicide Machines, I guess, is sort of is sort of ska. They're sort of ska core, but we've we've centrifuged out the ska and the punk. And they literally are like, here's a ska song. Here's a punk song. Here's It's the most formulaic. They're great, but it's like, I know what's coming next because I know what's going on right now. Uh, this but, one's got horns. Exactly. This one's got heavy guitar and bass. They on one of their albums, they literally have a two-second song called "Ja," where it's doo 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 boom, ja, 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 ja. And they also have on that same album, punk. So it's like they know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they're just leaning. Into it. Um, yeah, but uh, less than Jake is probably the best touchstone of Scott Core that I would be uh, thinking about. And yeah, I mean, so. All all of the pop punk stuff plus uh, horns and uh, and an upbeat uh, sort of guitar thing, and you got yourself uh, a pretty good uh, Scott Core. I'd be into that if you wanted if you wanted to try that out. Listen, I mean, I'm I'm open to it. Did you have an, another? A th- a th- I think you said you had three. I did have a third, which is just okay. rap. I mean, let's be honest. Our our like actual musical aspects here, like our instrumentation specific aspects. Are about drumming, mm-hmm. and about the rhythm, mm-hmm. and then we've got the other two musical aspects about vocals, mm-hmm. lyrics written by a dramatic teenager, sure. and mindless screaming. All of that can fit into a rap song pretty well. That's true. So I feel like any of those genres would fit. I agree. Very well within this. And I mean, also, just because we didn't specifically call out instru- other instrumentation doesn't mean we can't have it. For sure. Right, obviously. For sure. So, Absolutely. like, there's, there's, this feels like a very versatile song premise that we have in front of us. Mm-hmm. I just feel like those three genres, pop punk, ska slash ska core, and rap, are the ones that are most open to what we're looking at. I think we should do rap. So, here's the problem with that. And I think you're. I, I think you're. I think you know where I'm going with this. Okay. We're white. We're very white. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is the thing about for it. sure? Is we're very white for sure. And I, I mean, I do not for one second doubt your lyrical abilities. Okay, thank you. To write some damn good stuff. Is it not something we want to dip our toe into just yet? I feel like it might not be something we want to dip our toe into just yet. Okay. 
Fair enough. I think that there's... I might rather have a collaborator on that. Fair, sure. When, when we do dip our toe into it. Yeah, that's fair. It's something I, I want to dip our toes into. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. But I feel like there also might be a better song premise later down the road mm-hmm. that can open itself up to that genre. All right, uh, Daniel, we have Kiss and Fleetwood Mac. I think now's the time. Oh, this is our this is our rap one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to go with, uh, you know, Kiss's overtly sexual lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go I don't with, know that Love Gun isn't about a gun. Have you listened to the song in the past <laughs> since you were 12 years old? <laughs> It could be both. It's America. Strutter is just about someone who walks around, regardless of the streets on which they walk, right? Cardio. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, the whole sexual tension of every Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah. You uh, know. As well as, like, some actual pretty good lyrics with deep metaphorical meaning. And Fleetwood Mac has some great ones too. Like, I think that um, <laughs> let me bring it back. Uh, there's a less than Jake song called Gainesville Rock City, which is a, of course a direct reference to Gainesville Rock City. It's so good. Yeah. Oh. Um. So, uh, hey, listener. I mean, since we're here, uh, losing streak. Hello, Rock View. And if I may, GNVFLA, which is a sort of a latter day, latter day uh, less than Jake album, uh, are all quite good. Anthem is great. Colin would like me to shout out "Sound the Alarm." I hear him, I hear him yelling from New Orleans to uh, shout the one out that he uh, that he would want me to shout out. But yeah, let's do Scottcore. Let's do it. Let's do Scottcore. The the only downside is I just thought of someone that I would love to have on this podcast. mm Hmm who I know is a podcaster, mostly about horror movies, but is also a musician mm. and is in a, like, ska beach band. Very good, very good musician. Okay. Two thoughts. We could do pop punk, and I'm totally... Listen, I'm never going to say no to pop punk. Yeah. Almost in any regard. Um, of course. In any aspect of my life. Would you like pop punk on your cheeseburger? I don't know what that means, but yes. But yes. Um, <laughs> you you know that means fries and mayonnaise covering your cheeseburger. Fine. Just right? So long like, you know that's what that means. Fine. Fine. Give it to me. Just don't put tomatoes <laughs> on it. Um, so there's that. Um, and then also, I often forget that we can do... Well, as I'm... I'm taking what I'm about to say and applying it to what I just said. We can do a genre more than once and so we could come back and yeah. do a ska or ska core area again if we wanted to um That's which doesn't help point. us make any decision it actually opens doors back up that we had closed so i the james experience <laughs> i love the idea of doing ska core okay so let's let's look at that especially now that i've got a trumpet nice a trumpet do i know how to play it not fully yet a trumpet <laughs> uh, there's a TikTok of someone you've sat through four the four mambos and he's getting off and it starts playing ladies and gentlemen mambo number five he's like what the fuck? <laughs> sits back down uh, if you have not listened to the uh, punch up the jam 
Mambo Number no. Five episode. Highly recommend it. It's Ooh. amazing. It's you know incredible. What? That might be that might be the one for me because my problem with Punch Up the Jam is that I'm so precious about absolutely everything in my entire goddamn life. Yep. Apparently, except for Mambo Number no. Five. So here we go. Thanks, Lou Bega, for being the one chink in my armor. It's Demi does an amazing job with it. I won't spoil it for you, but it's. I think it's my favorite episode. Well, either either that or Pony, anything. but Pony wow, is amazing. There's as well. a whole genre of things that I don't find <laughs> precious at, at all. That I don't find in need of. D- Dexy's Midnight Runners come on Eileen. That's that that's on there. I think Dexy's gets ignored in the 80s English uh, Ska-ish area more than they should be because they were far more Ska-y than... On this side of the pond, On they this do. side of the pond, for on sure. On that side of the pond, they are mad respected. When on, on the side of the pond that calls them the specials and not the AKA specials, uh, you know, <laughs> the correct side of the pond. Correct. Anyway, yes, I love going ska core on this. Cool, 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 cool. So we're gonna need some good crisp guitar mm-hmm. as as rhythm stuff, both clean and uh, distorted, if we can. Yep, distorted guitar. We're gonna need horns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna need very intentional drumming. I'll I'll put down. Which obviously we're going to need for both the persistent drum roll and the syncopation, but like those things play play into each other so well in ska core that like it's a slam dunk. I think we've got a good baseline, no pun intended, to work with here. Boom! With with ska core, we're we're going to need obviously, like you said, good crisp guitar, good distorted guitar, some horns. Solid drumming, a good active bass line, and I love throwing down a good active bass line. That's like my whole jam. I mean, bass is the instrument I've been playing for the longest. At this point, it's been 20 years. I've been playing the bass for 20 years. Daniel, you've been playing the bass since I was... When Kristen and I met, you were getting getting going on the bass. Dang! Yeah, there it is. That's hard to wrap my brain around. It's a long time, and, you know, we're all crumbling. We're all crumbling. Time is insane, and life is fleeting. So, you know what? Tell that person you're into them. Just go ahead and let them know. Yeah. Because what's the worst that can happen? They say, hey, I'm not into you, and that's fine. You move on. Best that can happen is they say, I'm into you, too. And then you hang out with each other a bunch, and that's awesome. Write a song about getting caught speeding. Right, and then we write a song about getting caught speeding. Yeah. I love what we have here. I'm very excited. Me too, me too. Do we need to go further than dramatic teenage lyrics, or am I good to just hit that baby one more time? Like, are we doing, is there anything we want specifically the dramatic teenage lyrics to be with reference no, to No, because Great. I think the I think that's part of the lyrics written by Dramatic Teenager is that they're just so generic, mm-hmm. right? That it's Teenager. just like you you could flip open the journal of any random teenager and find basically whatever <laughs> lyrics we're going to have for this. 
Hey, wait a minute. And, like, I have the teenager of a random... I have a general random teenager. Me. Hey. <laughs> look at that. I burned all of my journals from when I was a teenager because I was a very different and very shitty person then. <laughs> but still liked fire. I mean, I still liked fire. No, even back, th- back then I was not a big fan of fire. But oh. hey, James. Hey, hey. One of the things that really tickled me towards the beginning of uh, our Zoom call this evening was that you said that there was no way that you were going to forget to bring up hints yeah, no. For our next songs. Yeah. But since I'm the one who is leading and editing this episode, it would actually be on me to bring up. Okay. So, I mean, self-fulfilling prophecy. You're right. You're yeah. not going to forget to bring up the hints. Absolutely Because not. it's on me to bring up. And exactly. I am not forgetting to bring up hints. Great. So, do you have a hint for me for your 2008 song? Daniel, I have waited a week, perhaps even eight days, to say this to you. Check your Facebook message, because that's my hint. It's just check your Facebook message? Nope. It's oh, the action. it's the message that you just sent me. It's a convoluted crossword. And I have uh, clues. I wrote this crossword. I constructed it and wrote it myself, because I realized I had graph paper. And I can give you the clues that I wrote for it when we're done with this, because I wrote them in with my stuff. I am very, very interested in that because I know I've I've already noticed some things about this crossword that are not standard for crosswords. Can you tell me uh, what they are? Because I tried to do the symmetry. Yeah, largely every box has a number. Oh, is that not a thing? That that's sense. not a thing. Here's here's a story. I was hyper focusing. No, here's what was actually going on. I was. <laughs> <If> I could... <laughs> <laughs> Here's a story. I was hyper focusing the James Anderson story. <laughs> I was in a downward plummet because my podcast that I'd preparing been preparing for for a month and a half recorded last on Saturday. So this was Sunday, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, what do I do? What do I do? I don't have anything to do anymore. Oh my god!" And my mood is like doom, 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 doom. I was like, "What if I?" made a whole crossword for Daniel for my clue. And the thought process was literally, my clues are convoluted, and so I'll just do a crossword puzzle. I I love it so much. So Uh, I wrote it, and it was hard, but I was proud of it. And so then I was like, and now we make a blank one to send to Daniel. And I was like, and so number every every box. So that was just a hyper-focus. I was just, and the white boxes get numbers. That's... uh, Will Shorts would be like, hey, hey, friend, friend. Will Shorts yeah. would have a heart attack, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, if he didn't eat so much bacon. <laughs> hey, Daniel. Hey, James. I'm excited for you to do my crossword puzzle, but do you have a hint for me? I do. It's Sultan Kosan on Twitch. Sultan Kosan? Kosan. Can you spell that for me? Yes. S U L T A N. K O S A N. Okay. And then O N T W I T C H. Okay, now now backwards. All right. S U L T A N K O S A N O N T W I T C H. Get it cuz I was backwards. I I love you.
<laughs> I love you too, bud. See, because here's the deal. I trusted, I threw myself off the bridge of, of course, they're going to not even hesitate to do something. And a lot of people would not have hesitated to just go ahead and do it backwards in entirety. And you're not a lot of people. You're just one person. <laughs> I am one person. <laughs> but I do contain multitudes. I do like to tell people I'm more than one person when they're like, oh, but they, them pronouns should only apply to multiple people. James. Yeah. This has been an absolute delight. And I'm so excited for the song premise that we're about to make. Me as well. I also. I would love for you to share with our listeners where they can find more James. Here's a good place to start. Twitter.com slash unabashed James. And that is my Twitter handle where I try and do a really good job of retweeting when I'm on podcasts and posting about when I'm on podcasts. So that's a good place to go to start off with that. Um, I'm on Instagram, James80D. With the numbers eight and zero and just the letter. Anyways, I don't post there, but I do like stuff. I don't know. It's a thing you can do. Mostly yeah. Twitter, though, probably is probably the best. Where can people find you on You El can internet? find me basically anywhere on the internet as Dantendo64. Find me on Twitter. I mostly tweet... I would say... I would say I mostly tweet puzzles that I make, but I haven't been doing that as much lately as I have been just complaining about the state of the world and also just about my job. But uh, I do love my job. I just like to vent about it sometimes. Sure. Venting is healthy. But uh, yeah, at Nintendo 64 on Twitter, at Nintendo 64 on Instagram, which I often forget exists, but I've been actively trying to post more on. All right. You don't need to call me that. It's fine. <laughs> I've been actively trying to post, moron. <laughs> So yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, James. Yeah. Where can people find our show? Okay. You're going to make like you're at Stallone's house and you're going to go over to Frank's jukebox. <laughs> Frank's jukebox is the is the Twitter handle for for this show. Yes, it is Frank's jukebox. We are a proud member of the Scavengers Network. Uh, very, very happy to be a part of that family, which has so many great shows on it. Uh, a show that I am always particularly digging is Spooky Spouses, though they uh, they update fairly intermittently. Uh, I will say I'm also very much enjoying Unnatural 20s, which mm. is a show with three delightful hosts who uh, let a D20 guide their topic of conversation each episode. Let me ask you something. Let me answer you something. Does the does the fact that they're in their 20s play into your understanding of the title of their show in any way? Absolutely. It has never once occurred to me until I was on a podcast with their friends on the Superhero Show show on Your Pop Filter, which is a great uh, network show. Anyways, they are constantly ragging on them because it's like with only a couple months left in their 20s, blah, 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 blah. And I was like... Oh my god, it's because of that too. So that's how old I am. Wink. Wink. Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale. So thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. We hope that you get as much of a kick out of this as we do doing it. And I think all that uh, all that's left to say is see you last year.
the Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.